The recording has now started. It's no secret that baseball, basketball, and football have all commemorated the journeys of black athletes from times that predate their respective leagues through segregation, the civil rights era, into modern times. The stories range from harrowing accounts of prejudice overcome to stories of players breaking out of neighborhoods birthed by decades of institutional racism to stories about today's players reaching back to uplift often neglected communities some still call home. Quite simply, other sports, whether out of genuine reverence or pandering, have made strong efforts to recognize these points in history. That isn't the case with American soccer. For generations, soccer in this country has included millions of players and fans from across the Pan-African diaspora. A beautiful tapestry of cultures and experiences exists within soccer's black population, diverse within itself with roots reaching from the United States back to Africa, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. But somehow, our over 20-year-old league don't seem to have any legends of their own. Why not? More importantly, what can we do to change it? That was a passage from a great article written by Kevin Brown titled American Soccer is Not Acknowledged in Black History. With all the influence from black players around the world, there's no denying that black fans and players in America are still seen as outliers in many circles, especially in insular communities. If the organizations that are the caretakers of the American game do nothing to highlight the flaws, the perception will persist that black participants are somehow alien. We know this not to be true, that's why we aim to change it. Welcome to the Team Giving Go podcast. Team Giving Go, supporting African American soccer players from recreation to pro. Team Giving Go, where opportunity is the only goal. Once again, I'm T Roy, your co host, here with T Lynn. Hey, hey, hello, Miss Chantel. Hey, what's going on? And my on? man, Jason. Hey, how's it going? Hey, guys, it's Black History Month. Even though, from as far as I can see, black history has been going on 365 days a year for over the last 400 years. Today, like every day, we celebrate the many contributions to the history of America, more specifically for this show in the area of sport. Today's show is sponsored by Urban Boomerang, the first online store that allows customers to circulate their dollars while supporting initiatives in urban communities. When you buy on Urban Boomerang, the community wins. We also want to give a big shout out to our new partner, City Futsal. City Futsal is a family-owned company that specializes in the promotion and education of the game of futsal. Hey team, I'm excited this evening because today on our podcast, we're chatting with one of the best that has ever done it in this world of soccer. She hails from D.C. area, where she was a three-time parade All-American, listed on the ESPN All-Decades girls soccer team, former Florida State Seminole, two-time Mac Herman Trophy semifinalist, and if you guys don't know what that is, it's only the best player in college soccer. She previously played with the Washington Spirit, Houston Dash, FC Kansas City, and the National Women's Soccer League, and she finished her career balling out overseas in North Norway. Guys, I feel like we're about to talk to soccer royalty. And get this, she just want to give back a little love to the next generation of soccer stars. So let's welcome to the Team Give and Go podcast, 
Asakurati, Miss Tiffany McCarthy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Welcome, Tiffany. We're so happy to have you on the show tonight. Your soccer resume is strong. I didn't even talk about you representing the United States at various youth levels, including under 17s, under 18s, under 20s, and being a member of the United States under 23 women national soccer team that won the Four Nations Tournament in Spain. You know you won bad woman, right? <laughs> Look, I can go on and on about your soccer accomplishments accomplishments, but I know the team is dying to get a word in and ask a few questions from parents and young aspiring players from around the country. But before I hand it off, Tiffany, I just need to know one thing. I heard you were loaned to a Japanese club. What's being loaned to a club means? You know, you're really going to have to explain that this is Black History Month, right? And my mind goes to the days when we were bought and sold. <laughs> Um, so how it works is, um, especially the first two years of the NWSL season, the, the season was only about six and a half months. So the rest of the year, you know, we wanted somewhere to play. And, um, I kind of ventured out to something different, which is going myself, which is a very, very unique experience in itself. But, um, what they do is they just loan you to that team for a couple of months and then, you just come back for preseason or a couple of months before preseason, and that's kind of how it works. Okay, I understand now. Thank you for clearing that up for me, Tiffany. T. Lynn, take it away. Tiffany, I have a, a question for you. So just, you know, with all of your experiences um, in the game, what were some of the obstacles that you encountered as not only a female soccer athlete but an African-American soccer athlete? And if there were any obstacles, how did you overcome those? That's a good question. Um, so growing up, you know, I first started off playing sweeper, and then I kind of made my way up to play forward. But you know, I also, my, my parents gave me some good genes, and so I was always kind of quick. I always liked to get, like, a little rough <laughs> with players and stuff. So I always kind of had that, like, aggressiveness in my game. Um, but I didn't want that to be all that I was known for. Like, I didn't just want to be known for a fast, quick player, you know, which is really strong. So got onto those youth national teams by working on other things in other parts of my game. So I would go out with my coach, and he would just pummel balls at me, and he would have all these, you know, like cool drills for me to do, so I, so I could actually work on like the technical side of um, my game. So I would say that part, um, especially being an African American player, like being put in this box of just being really fast or really strong, I didn't really want that. And I mean, it, I guess you can ask people who have seen me play, like. That's part of the game, but that's not all of my game. Like, I like to be crafty. And I like to be known to be a finisher because I was, I was a forward. So that's kind of what I wanted to be known for um, versus some of, like, my more physical attributes. So, yeah, I think that is the most challenging to overcome, not just being a fast player or strong player, to work on other parts of your game so that you're just known as a, good, a really good soccer player who happens to be fast. Tiffany, um, this is Chantel. My daughter is a, a Ford. She plays one of her positions as a Ford. Um, she's right now on the small statue on the small side of things, and I know typically defenders are bigger in size. 
Um, do you feel that will hinder her in the future as far as being afford, continuing to grow in that position? Um, do I think her size will hinder her being a forward or a defender? Yeah, as a forward. Is a four? Um, no, I mean I'm I'm five four, and I'm I'm not oh, okay. really the, the biggest player. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I think I turned out pretty pretty fine. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I really don't think size matters. I mean, Crystal Dunn is pretty small, and she's done pretty well for the national team, and she's like five one and really really small. So I think it's more about how you play and then Got it. that really like that intensity. Yeah, because. Um, I don't know. When people see me off the field, they're like, oh, my God, like, you're a lot shorter than I thought you were. So, <laughs> kind of, yeah, they're always telling me, like, oh, my God, like, like you look bigger on the field. So I'm like, good, I like that. Like, that's good. Good. <laughs> good. Size of really oh, that's good to know. So I'm, I have another question for you. Um, based on your accomplishments, I'm not sure if this will really apply to you, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell the fans or can you tell me one thing you wish you had known earlier in your career or something you would have done differently? As far as, uh, like, going into college or just in my whole soccer career? In your whole soccer career, you know. Is there um, something you would have, you wish you would have, have learned earlier in your career, your parents had known earlier in your career, something you would have done differently based on what you know now and based on your experience to yeah. date? Um, I would say to start early, like for me, I, I did, you know, practice. We're talking about practice. Extra a lot and go out with my, um, my club coaches when I was younger and then with my college coaches and then my professional coaches when I got into the pros. But I would say starting as early as possible, like molding your game and knowing like what works for you. Because it took me a while. And, that, and that's going to happen, like, when you grow through things. But it took me a while to, like, know what I was good at and kind of, like, stick to that and that be, like, my main focus of what I was trying to build on. And then all the other stuff were kind of just extras. Like, I was kind of, like, good at the rest of them, but, like, honing, like, honing in on one thing that you're really, really good at and, like, perfecting it. But early on, I, I really wish I would have known that. So, 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 Tiffany, this is Jason, and um, let's let's talk about college for a second. So, okay. you, know, you went to Florida State, so you're so you're a D1 athlete, right? And mm-hmm. and and with that comes a lot of commitment. You know, there's kids that go to college, and they just get the opportunity to study their academics and you know whatever else they choose to do. But you know, as a D1 athlete, you go to college and you have the academic piece of it but then you also have the commitment from, you know, from soccer. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you balance, you know, coursework with the commitments with soccer, you know, travel and film study and working out and those kind of things? Yeah, um, it's definitely definitely a lot, um, especially coming from high school. Uh, It's definitely a a big transition. Um, I would say I was kind of blessed and fortunate to have, a coach and parents that, like, if, you know, the grades and stuff weren't good, then... There's going to be trouble. Then, you know, everything else wasn't good. Um, and my college coach, actually, he helped a lot. Um, like, I feel like tutors helped me a lot in college. Like, even on the road, we had a tutor. So 
I think that really helped just keep, you know, the, the focus on school and also on soccer and not be too stressed out about missing work because you do miss, you do miss a lot of school. So having tutors and having also, you know, uh, other friends and other classmates who can help you when you come back from the road and just using the resources that are available to you as a student athlete. Tourist Day was one of the best support systems that I, I mean, I'm biased, but one of the best support systems that I think could possibly be around the country, both soccer and both academically. So I think I was very fortunate to have a lot of those resources around me. And also you kind of have to have the will yourself to, you know, want to do well. And I, I, I think you'll be okay. If you study hard, you do turn your stuff in on time, at the very least, you'll, you'll, you'll pass. And anything else, you have to just work a little bit harder for that. That's a, that's a great uh, response, Tiffany. You know, so you, it really, if I had to, to sum it up, is, you know, you got to leverage your resources that you have around you, but at the same time, you have to, you have to want to do it and you have to put that effort into knowing that there is balance. Right, um, yeah. and that kind of goes into my leads into my next question about your practice regimen, right? Because you did say that transition from high school to uh, college is, is challenging, it's hard. So tell me what you know. What was your 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 daily regimen for practice, day in and day out? What did a typical day look like for you? Um. So for wow, you're taking it really back. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> or, and you know what, and you can also use, you don't have to go back to college. This also applies to day in and day out of your professional career, right? Because that's, that's dedication at its the ultimate level. Yeah. I, so I, I, can, I, I can do both. I'll, I'll do um, both college and a professional kind of schedule. Um, so for college, they really based our um, classes around um, our practice, like, time. So... Our practice time is at 3 p.m. So all of our classes were either before 1.30 or after probably 6. And so I'd say at like 8 a.m. class, you go to class, you come back out, you might have like a 30-minute window to go to your next class. And then we would have, I guess, individual sessions with our coach probably three times a week. So in between there, you would go back to um, the stadium and then have, like, an hour session with one of the, like, assistant coaches, and then either you would have another class or you would just be getting ready for 3 o'clock practice. And then a lot of us had um, kind of labs, like, for, you know, our different majors, but we had labs, which were about three hours long. So we would have those after practice. And then by that time, it's probably close to 8, and then you either do your homework or rest or do whatever you need to do to prepare for the next day, and then you start all over again. So that was kind of my regimen going into there. And then, you know, in season it was a little bit more a little bit more stressful because you were missing days in there. So you kind of had to fit your, um, your coursework in on the road. So a lot of us would do a lot of our homework on the plane, or they would have probably a couple of hours after we landed, we would have a study hall on the road so that we, you know, got our stuff done, and then we would have practice. So just kind of balancing, just getting, you know, a little studying here and there and not being too tired, not sitting in class and stuff like that. So 
So they they really they really took care of us. I think their resources were was were really really good there. So as far as my professional schedule, um, probably practice started no later than nine. I don't think I had a, a, a training that started later than nine, and then um, probably last two hours. And then after that, you have a lifting session. And then after that, you might have a meeting. Um, so your day probably was, was done at 4 or 5. And then on game days and travel days, obviously, that's a little bit more, a little longer, longer days. But for the most part, that was a pretty regimented. Wow, that is, I guess college prepared you for the professional career, correct? Because yeah. you had long days studying, practicing, game days. Did you guys have a college uh, tutor that traveled with you all for to help with the coursework or? Yeah, we because did. Oh, that's good. Um, especially for, like, major tournaments, like if we had, like, the ACC tournament, which was kind of back-to-back, kind of like going into midterms and stuff. So mm-hmm. we had at least one um, one tutor there who kind of helped us all. Very nice. When you say pre- playing professional soccer, oh, my God, so when I think of a professional soccer player or a football player or any kind of professional athlete, I think of maybe three, four hours practice a day. But you just communicated that you put in eight, nine hours easily per day. So it's a real full-time job. Like if I go to corporate America, I'm working eight, nine, ten hours a day. So yep. you guys are actually putting in that time. It definitely, definitely put in the work and try to get the, the best result out of it. But, yeah, it's, it's, the, I would, it's a full-time job. So, so, uh, so Tiffany, so, you know, you talk about your career. So you, you, you started when you were young and then, you know, played through club and you mm-hmm. played through college and then you played through pro, right? And so mm-hmm. that's a lot on your knees and your body, right? So from a physical perspective, can you talk about the challenges you faced there and some key tips and things for, um, say, some of the younger kids now or even some of the ones that are probably in the 13- to 14-year-old range that, that you think that can help them stay healthier, you know, mm-hmm. as they're young and into kind of, you know, college and if they make pro? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good one, Jason. Really good. Um, well, for me, personally, I didn't experience a lot of injuries um, throughout my career. I probably maybe pulled my hamstring maybe twice and then maybe sprained my ankle that I wasn't out major for any of those um, any of those those injuries, maybe maybe about a couple of weeks. So I think the main part that really helped me is was my diet and my my fitness level. So I wasn't really like dropping too far off. Like I always kind of had a a good fitness base for the most part, and I, I was eating pretty pretty healthy. So I think those are probably the two things that will help you. And I think also going into college, um, they really kind of the lifting and the you know ACL preventative things and um, any actually any really thing to help you prevent injury really helped. So I would say staying on top of that and just you'll be surprised how much drinking water and eating well will really help your body like heal. And, and keep on pushing to the level that it's supposed to go. So, I think that that's re- that's really important, especially in college when you're a lit when you're away from home. 
and you're not really being regulated that much outside of, you know, soccer, what you're being what you're eating, I think it's really, really important that you're kind of responsible for what you're eating after practice and what you're eating before practice. So kind of stay on top of that. Awesome. Um, I'm going to lead into um, a question that I've been receiving from a lot of uh, young players or parents in regards to college recruitment. So mm-hmm. what should a young player work on? specifically from your experience, what should they work on to increase their chances for getting college recruitment? Kind of the same um, answer for, you know, what you should be working on. I, I would say have one thing, like know one thing that you're really, really good at and make sure it stands out. And not just to a coach who's recruiting you, but to, to everyone. Like someone should be able to look at you play and say, oh, like this is what she does. Like this is this is – what she likes to do. So I would say having finding what you're good at and doing that probably 90% of the time and getting comfortable with it so it becomes part of part of a habit for you. And then when the coaches come, they can see whether they need that on their team or not and if you'll benefit the team or not. So I, I would say keep working on and keep getting better at the things that you're really good at, things that you're not good at, you work on those, but really focus on the things that you're good at and perfecting them. So, Let me so ask you a quick. That's a, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Just to elaborate a little bit more on what you on what you just said, Tiffany. So, what I heard was that um, that coaches, college coaches, are looking for all around players, players that they can plug uh, in maybe different positions from time to time. Did, did you oh, yeah. find that to be true in your your experience? Uh, for me in college, I mean, I came in as a forward and I left as a forward, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of my teammates who were forwards that ended up being left backs or center backs or holding midfielders, and they were able to do that because our coaches saw something in them that they were very versatile. Like, And for me, I, pl- I maybe played outside mid a little bit, but for the most part, mm-hmm. I was a forward. But I could I could have played center mid. I could have played outside. Like, it just really depends on where they wanted to put me. But yeah, that that is that is a, a very good point. Um, being well rounded in all those things makes you look a little bit more enticing. So yeah, I would I would I would say that. Especially now cool. that have very attacking outside backs and things like that, your attacking presence as a as a defensive player might be more beneficial now. So this is something to think about. Awesome, thank you. Go ahead, T Lynn. So, so Tiffany, if you had to, um, you know, provide some of your, your best advice to, to young African-American student athletes, what would that be? I, I know you, you talked about, you know, definitely finding that, that one thing that you're good at and working on it and making sure that you work on the things that you're not good at. But is there anything else that, you know, if we had a, a room of youth players listening to you today, what would you tell them? I would say probably the number one thing, I mean, obviously there are other players who have certain talents that you may not possess or you have things that someone else might not possess. But I would probably say I, I wasn't the best at this all the time, but it's what helped me play for so long is having confidence in myself. Like you can't want, someone can't want something for you 
better than you want it for yourself. So if you really want to play professional or you really want to go to college, believe in yourself. And that confidence will really, it will really take off. Like, you'll be really surprised how much it will take off and how free you will play. Like, I, I can't remember how many times I was just like, you know what, like, I'm a good player. I know what I'm doing. Like, just, you know, play your games. And that helped me so much. So I would say how self-confidence will help you significantly and believing in yourself. Number one. That's awesome. Great advice. Thank you for that. Um, and, and we've tried to, to instill um, that, that same thing in, in the girls that are participating with Team Give and Go. So that having that self-confidence and playing around players that – um, not only look like them, but have the same passions and, and goals that they have, I think, are, are beneficial. So that, that's perfect. Thank you. While we're all partners of Team Give and Go, we're also all parents of soccer players, right? And yes. so um, in, in your opinion, what are the top three to five things that parents should do to prepare their student athletes for a successful college career and, and beyond, whatever that beyond is? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, especially going to college, not that it's just about soccer because the coaches do care about the academic side of it as well. So I, I would say focusing on the soccer part aspect of it as well as keeping your grades good and making sure you're, you know, leading up to college, like going in a really positive direction. Um, And I would say also getting the right exposure. I mean, I know when I was 13, 14, 15, we went to a lot of showcases. My club team did. So that really helped a lot of us out. I think probably everyone on my team went to either Division One or Two school. That's, that's, I mean, I think that that's pretty pretty good. And it was because we got a lot of exposure, and we also had the right criteria as far as grades and everything to get picked up by those schools. So I would say, you know, the soccer part is good too, but especially going into college, like they do look at the academics as well. And it kind of attests to, like, what kind of student athlete you'll be in college and what kind of, like, self-discipline you have. So those two things I think are really important. Um, I would say for parents, not to put too much pressure on the kids, like, you know, going to college and getting a scholarship is really, like, it's a really nice goal to have, but it'll probably come a lot more fluid and a lot more easier. You know, the kids aren't so stressed just thinking about, you know, I need to get into this school. And then just kind of let it kind of happen by itself. So that would be my three things. <laughs> awesome. So basically back off, parents. Let it happen naturally. <laughs> <laughs> no, not back off because we do need you. We definitely do need you. But just, I just remember being very stressed out. Um, and some of it wasn't even just from my parents. Some of it was from my peers. Like some of it was like, oh, well, they're doing this. Like, what am I doing? Like, I committed my uh, the end of my junior year, and that was very, very late for everyone around me. And I kind of, like, took my time, and I picked the right school, to my knowledge, to this day. So I, I think it worked out because I took my time. I can't let her get out of here, right, without asking, you know, <laughs> you know uh, this, this question about do she think an organization like Team Give and Go is, is needed in the soccer world? Of course it is. Of course. 
when I um, when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like, I kind of wish I knew something like this when I was <laughs> when I was like <laughs> eleven. So yeah, I think it's really important to just empower um, young kids in general. But I think this area is really important to to keep uplifting and keep empowering. And I think what you guys are doing is great, great, great job. Um, I really, I really, really, really enjoy all the stuff you guys post and all of the girls who I see working <laughs> over there. It, it's great, and I think it, it does wonders. I think, you know, I work in the mental health field right now, but I really think, you know, mentally, like especially in sports, because, you know, we are females and, you know, we are getting a lot of different things thrown at us. I think it's really good to keep on with a positive mentality and, and trying to give back in that way. So I, I really I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Yeah, this is Jason. Look, Tiffany, man, that was that was fantastic. Like that's the information that you gave was just man, it's, it's powerful, man, and it, and it's impacting, right? Because there's so many times where you know there's questions out there, especially for. Uh, you know, for us as parents, where it's like, man, what are we doing? Does it make sense? You know, and you know, are we are we too hard on them? Are they doing too much? Are they not doing enough? Right? And so you right. kind of just you really explained um, a lot of good information that helps us make wise choices and decisions. You know, as parents for our our, our kids, man. So this this is awesome and fantastic, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure once the girls hear this. And uh, even even some of the the, the boy players, uh, just players in general, you know, it's just good advice for for any soccer player. Uh, I think it's going to inspire them. It's going to motivate them to to hit that soccer field. And with those thoughts in mind, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, once again, Miss Tiffany McCarthy. Awesome show, guys. Before Tiffany gets out of here, I want to thank you, Tiffany, for blessing us with your time, perspective, and experience. It's not every day that our youth get to hear from soccer greats that look like them and who have ascended to the top of this game. So once again, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. That was Tiffany McCarty, former professional women's soccer player and now team giving go player mentor. That's right, we have soccer royalty on our team. Until next time, remember, life is like the game of soccer. There's always going to be a goalie on the other end, but that doesn't mean you can't score. Make sure you sign up and register on Team Give and Go website. That's TeamGiveAndGo.com. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, kick the damn ball.